G'day punters, welcome to the Sydney Review Show. It was the Everest weekend, Kosciuszko as well. Plenty to get stuck mm -hmm. into, uh, but I'll welcome Mark Sheehan first of all. It was a pretty big day. Uh, what was the feeling like on course? Um, I was stuck upstairs with the uh, the protocol, so I only got downstairs a few times. But they had them spread quite out, so um, I think there was about eleven or 10,000 there. So Rob had probably in the mix a bit more throughout the day. So uh, I was stranded upstairs for most of the day. But anyway, it was a good day. Rob, what did it feel like on course this year versus previous years gone by? Oh, it was, it was a dream. It was a quarter of the amount of louts. Um, I just, you know... Sat away from everyone uh, on the grass, and uh, yeah, it was a good day. Sorry, right. Well, early anyway. Uh, Mark Roden, how'd you finish up? Um, good, good day. Um, could have been sensational. I um, I found a couple early, and I needed one or both of joviality or um, standout to just push me right over the top. But they couldn't quite get it done. But it was a, it was a good day anyway. Okay, very good. We're going, we're, we will review races five through nine, but we'll touch on the two-year-olds to start with and Captivant was the victor there. It's actually recorded the fastest last 200 uh, split on the card. And I'm not sure whether or not I should be impressed or not with that. They've gone even in terms of the speed to the 600. 1.4 lengths slow for that class there. Mark Sheen, what did you make of this runner in the first race? Yeah, look, uh, he tried really well and he paraded fantastic uh, before the race. I thought he was easily the best type in the yard. Uh, luckily, I got on his back and I backed uh, testimonial as well. Unfortunately, I backed it before I looked at it. It still looked a bit porky. Um, I thought it was a pretty good run, actually. Testimonial missed the start, and considering the the improvement it still had in it, um, I think they're the two to follow the winner and testimonial out of the first winner. Um, as I said, well, Rob will uh, go on with this, I suppose, and uh, just to mention how well it looked, but um, certainly trial well leading into this and paraded quite well. Rob, you've seen a few two-year-olds so far this season. How does this winner captain measure up? Oh, he, he sort of measures up. Um, but the filly's way out in front. She she looks like a freak um, for a filly. But, yeah, I, I thought Parade really professional, good type, um, easy enough to go on top, collared on, made it a bet. Um, then I backed the, the last and the second last horse in the race. And, um, yeah, so, so got away with one here. Um, the, set, the, the number one um, looks well underdone for Gary Portelli and Cathy O'Hara, so that might be worth following as well. Mark Roden, what are your ratings suggesting out of the two-year-old race? Yeah, he's pretty good, this winner. Um, yeah, he's, he, I actually agree with Rob. I think that Enthal is probably the best of the, you know, the handful of races we've seen so far. But this isn't, this isn't too far behind on figures, and it's a pretty good figure to be running in spring for a two-year-old too. Um, that last section, I think you can take at face value. It, it was pulling away from them in the last uh, 50 to 100 metres. Um, yep, very promising. Okay, very good. Well, I will jump a few races and we'll go straight to the Kosciuszko. Uh, obviously, there's news around this morning of It's Me injuring a tendon uh, during the run there on Saturday and obviously be out for the rest of the spring. But in terms of the race, they've gone even again, two lengths fast for the class to the 600 and wasn't exactly the, the greatest passage of all time in run for the horse, but still managed to get the job done. Uh, obviously, a very promising type and unlikely we get to see the best of, uh, of her going forward. Mark Sheehan, It's Me... We had a question relating to how, if this horse could challenge for, say, an Everest next year. Did you have any thoughts on that before the, the obvious injury? Well, look, she'd been running um, 
outstanding sectional times, hadn't he? She'd been running faster than the group horses uh, on the same day, which is pretty rare in those highway races, or pretty rare even for benchmark races to run faster than the group races. So she certainly has the potential to go on and don't know how severe this injury is. So, you know, she might be off the scene for some time. She might never recapture what she's mm. done so far. So it's a lot of question marks hanging around at the moment. And we'll see classic legend... Uh, drift away overseas to Hong Kong. So uh, there might be a changing in the guard. So still a long way off to find out what happens with it to me. Yep. Anything else out of the out of the Kosciuszko for yourself? Look, there were some good runs in the race. I think those that were on speed um, did a, a little bit too much work. Man of Peace, Too Big Fari, and also Handle the Truth had a very tough run. So... Um, it did enable it to me to get home with that fast tempo up front, but um, I thought Man of Peace was pretty gallant. Redouble uh, had a speck on it at big odds, uh, poked his head in front there for a stride or two, uh, just run down by the winner. But as I said, I think those on speed there did a lot of work in the run and certainly can be followed at the next couple of starts. Rob, the whole lead up for the race was based around It's Me having to obviously be scoped on, on the Thursday or the Friday. How did It's Me parade there on Saturday? Really well, really professional. Looked like a sort of a wait for age kind of horse against some, you know, quality Saturday types like Man of Peace. He really stood out again. He's, he's been one of ours for a long time. I, I had him pegged as just a wet tracker, but maybe a bit like Trumbull in a later race. He's turning into a, a great old horse. Um, Handled the truth. Could, couldn't have been better. Come on beautifully from its other runs, but after that, it, it sort of falls away pretty quickly in this race. So she was a great bet. I thought the ride was, was fantastic and um, she didn't seem quite right to me. She didn't so sh show the same dazzle, you know, amazing acceleration that she's shown in previous races. So it was, it was great to get her home uh, for the subscribers and for, for Dicko. Um, <laughs> he's got something going into the uh, derby, which, yeah, which is pretty exciting. Everything crossed for Young Werther there. Uh, Mark Roden, it's me. Oh, the price going into the race, it almost, I guess there was a bit of a drift, so to speak, on a Thursday, Friday, but there really wasn't anything going into the last half hour. The, the cash certainly came for it late. Certainly did, yeah. I, uh, I ended up level staking it and handle the truth, which I mentioned in the previous show was the one I thought was the value in the race. He had a bit of a wide trip. Um, don't think he would have won, though, but... Yeah, and I was I was thinking mid morning this might get to you know well over six to four or something, but um, yeah, the big players obviously um, it took its form at face value and really did crunch it into what looked like a price on form. I think it's actually rated down for one reason and another uh, about a length and a half on its absolute top so far. Uh, I yeah, I thought it got into a pretty awkward spot, and she got really unbalanced when he um, when he got got her off heels. He did that really abruptly and she seemed to be uh, off balance for a good 30 or 40 metres, I think. And so I think she'd just been crossed a length or so um, from going to her complete top. I think Redouble's gone to his absolute best. That's a great training effort from Mitch Beer, first up for him. Um, did have a nice run, but he's, he's gone right to his top. And yeah, some good on-pace runs too. Big Fari, I, I, I thought would uh, be better suited at 1400 and there he is right up on the speed in a very fast run 1200 and still boxing on quite well and yeah agree about man of peace maybe not just a wet tracker really thought uh, <coughs> have been. but um yeah just a real shame we're not going to see uh, the best of this horse um not going to be seen till next spring at the earliest so that it's got, that's going to make it hard to come back and um fulfill her potential yep absolutely all right race six on the card the sydney stakes over 1200 group three 
And they've gone very slow here, five and a half lengths slow to the 600. Uh, Rob, you alluded to before, Trumbull just sort of jumped out a little bit better than what he has done previously and posied up just worse in midfield with a bit of cover, lovely spot. Uh, just run us through the yard and then also what you didn't play. Uh, well, he's, he's one of my favourite horses, Trumbull. And, you know, um, bet fair. Um, please don't make me redundant. Uh, <laughs> really. <laughs> Love you, and this horse has turned me into a winning punter over the last few years. So, anyway, um, standout looks like the weight for age horse, it's been a good horse for me. Um, uh, set him out on top, just didn't want to cop him at the odds. Thought deprived, um, paraded like he usually does, a bit sort of stiff, carrying big condition. Prime candidate just continues to parade awesome. Signore Fox, uh, um, unbelievably always parades flashy. And if you didn't know he was Signore Fox, you'd think he's a bit better than he was. Um, he's a lovely looking horse. Um, tactical advantage can certainly improve. But yeah, when, when Trumbull jumped, I, I, I really loved the, the th wide position on the day, three, four wide, and um, you could still get double figures. So, so I was happy tapping away. Outstanding work. Mark Sheen, were you getting a little high-low nightmare flashbacks here with Deprive? <laughs> Yeah, well, well, they did pull up in the middle stages there. I think from the, about the 800 to about the 5, they, they seemed to really pull up. So that put Deprive right out of business. So I did my chocolates there. Yep. Uh, too good Trumbull. He, he did have to sit wide. But um, as Rob said, um, that might have been a nice spot to be, considering the pace of the race. He was able to just balance up and use that acceleration stand out, got into a bad spot. But uh, I'm not sure that these are going to win anything major in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, it does look like that, and I was exactly the same. Got completely and utterly bollocksed here backing to Prive. Uh, Mark Roden, are you following anything going out of the Sydney Stakes at all? Uh, no, I'll just sort of let them turn up where they turn up. I agree, this, this isn't really a race to be labelling horses out of. Uh, I was on standout, it was unlucky. He got... It wasn't really Nash's fault. He got stuck by B. Abdullah on special reward. It was over racing in the blinkers early. Then he just stuck the right indicator on and Nash seemed to let him in. Um, he said he didn't want to get his horse over racing as well, so that's fair enough. But he then ended up that one pair further back than he was going to be and didn't get the um, had to wait and wait and wait for the run. And he was taking a lot of ground off the winner at the end. Probably, probably should have won, but the winner's had a wide trip and gone very well as well. So you know, he balanced those two things out. Um, no, the... With the exception of Deprive, it wasn't suited. They've sort of mostly done what they do. You know, it's yeah, no, nothing to get excited about. Uh, uh, and not the only ordinary half a million dollar race on the card. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Race seven was the Everest uh, $15 million mountain race. It was, uh, look, in the end, they've gone very fast here for the class. Seven lengths faster, 600. Uh, obviously, you had uh, Eduardo string the field out with Nature Strip trailing and Really, uh, Classic Legends has gone to a, a new career peak here. Monster performance, but as Mark Sheen alluded to, that's the last we'll see of it in this country, which isn't really a surprise because I think the owners, same ownership group, had Southern Legend previously, so not a surprise that it's going to Hong Kong. Rob, run us through how they parade in the yard. Oh, all outstanding here. Um, I, uh, to my disgust, I put Libertini on top just because I thought she was pretty, pretty awful first up. And um, she looked like she'd improved a lot. Um, and then from Classic Legend, described him as a dude. He's just um, walks around like an absolute um, Adonis. Um, just laid back, though. Uh, Bivouac, um, 
more of a weddy, weddy on type for me, um, but couldn't have been better for it. Uh, Gitra, come on. Um, what to make a nature strip? He looked fantastic as well. So, yeah, they all look re- really, really great. And yep. it was good to watch him walk around. Mark Shane, what are you doing with a horse like Nature Strip? Do you just pen him for the rest of this prep and maybe reassess him when he comes back in the autumn? Yeah, well, it's had a few runs ago that I thought that he might just need a bit of cut out of the track personally. Um, his wins in Sydney have all been with uh, Sting out of the, the ground. So I was a little bit concerned after that first up defeat. And uh, luckily, I haven't been backing him his last couple of starts. Look, he didn't get his own way here, but... Um, he was still beaten home by um, Hortbury on her and a couple of other those that were, that were on speed. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably give him another chance if he got a wet track, but uh, I, I don't want to back him on the dry, particularly in Sydney anyway. And what are you doing with this race in general? I mean, Classique Legends obviously off to Hong Kong. I mean, the rest of them. Um, well, they'll probably head to Melbourne, some of these, won't they? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. What's the um, Daily Sprint, is it? Or they change the name all the time. I don't know what it is now. Yeah, it's a bit like that, isn't it? Uh, well, any it it becomes story. another Everest uh, two weeks later or something, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Mark Roden, what was the market doing late with Libertini? Yeah, it was very strong. I mean, she, she had gone really well first up. Um, and obviously, from what Rob, uh, Rob said, it appeared that she'd come on from that. So if you are allowing an actual improvement off that first up run, um, she had to be in the race. But... Uh, Looks like the reverse has been true. That was actually her ceiling, not not a platform. Um, and she's come back off it. She hasn't gone terrible. Um, she's run okay, but she didn't go to the level she showed first up. Um, personally, I got uh, the reverse happened with Classic Legend, and this is where I got the race wrong. I thought what might have been his ceiling was actually a platform, and he has gone to that whole new level, as you uh, mentioned in your intro just then. Um, outstanding performance. So do feel for the uh, Australian based connections who've really developed him from a promising young horse into one of the best sprinters into Australia and to clearly the best sprinter in Australia now. And, and now off he goes. I know, I know that was always the plan, but it's uh, still disappointing for them, I suppose. Um, it illustrates how well he's gone, I think, that um, on my figures, horses like Bivouac, um, Guitra, uh, on her have all gone to their very best 1,200-metre form or very best um, round-of-turn form, and he's, and he's brained them. Um, mm. A couple of interesting run-ons were Santa Ana Lane. Um, maybe they try him over further now rather than going to the Dali with him, even though he obviously loves to straight. And Tafane, who I had something on and was actually on good terms with myself when I saw how hot this early speed was, um, she just couldn't keep up. So I think she's got to be looking for 1,400 at least now yep. as well. But yeah, um, yeah they've, all, they've all put it, you know, Aside from the obvious, classic legend, they've all put in really solid sprinting performances here. Um, they just found one who's gone stratospheric on the day. I remember after he uh, trialled at uh, Hawkesbury, I think he trialled on a Monday, and I bumped into the foreman at Warwick Farm on the Wednesday, and I said to him, geez, that grey trial good on Monday. And he said, well, Karen went to Hawkesbury to ride one horse, and that was it. And he said he won't get off its back. That was before <laughs> it raced, and uh, he was right because um, he's, a, he's an outstanding sprinter. Yep. The Everest has been pretty good to Karen, hasn't it, over the last few years? <laughs> What's he won? Three of the four? Three of the four. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> like, what's Harry the rich get richer? Oh, shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> oh. Oh, classic legend, I stuck in my brain that kind of struggling when he had in, December, in um, the uh, winter um, and just couldn't oh. get it out of my head. 
That was pretty good, I thought. <laughs> on the heavy I know, <laughs> I know, but he just he beat a you know, Jungle Edge and was another one of John O'Shea's <laughs> yeah, John O'Shea's horse, um, who's never won another race anyway. Anyway, but yeah, I don't, I've had him in the numbers all prep, just haven't backed him and. Um, you know, get back hot speed too easy after the race. Four four dollars was a gift, wasn't it? Yep, that's all right, Rob. You won't have to worry about him anymore. He's uh, he's <laughs> off to more concrete pastures. Um, race eight, the Craven played over two thousand. Think it over, Natoya, Vanagirl, Scarlet Dream. They were the first four across the line, and what was an even run race. Rob, were you able to separate any of them on the day? Oh, look, I just I thought uh, Scarlet Dream had really improved and I was getting a price. So, you know, I, I didn't want to just spend too many units on the day. Um, so we had a small play there uh, each way run fourth. So, look, um, Vana Girl, I thought she looked the best first up. Uh, Natoya paraded well for her. Um, but, yeah, Morton's Forks run fifth. Um, moving on. Yep. It's a bit like that. It's a little bit of a hollow race after the previous one. Mark Sheen, uh, anything for yourself out of the Craven Plate there? No, I think uh, we'll think it over is when I wait for age race, so I don't know how they're going to place him from here on in. He's going to be up against it. Um, Natoya was an improved run. Banner Girl plotted away. No, no, it uh, didn't really excite me before the race. The very short there, Star of the Sea, going to 2000 for the first time on a dry deck, so that was the only saving grace out of the race. But uh, I did my money on Banner Girl and laid Star of the Sea, so it was a cancel. Yep, yep. Uh, Mark Roden, it's a bit of a plain race and anything for yourself going forward? Any uh, run that you thought might have had some merit? Uh, oh, what about the big flashing light on Morton's fork, Rob? That wasn't he hammering <laughs> home at the end. Uh, he's a good old boy. He's, you know, he's off, he's off season horse, Saturday horse. He's a Saturday horse and here he was, plugging away and away for age know. race. I, um, I actually watched back on Friday the Preview show we recorded on the Thursday, and I'm, this has saved me some money because I, I, I heard myself say I'd marked Star of the Seas two twenty, and I thought, "Are you insane? Are you insane?" And reaching uh, <laughs> my market uh, and stayed out of the race. And geez, if I'd had a big bet on Star of the Seas, I would have been feeling very, very sick. So I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. I was on Think It Over with G Boss, the first G Boss winner in a while. I just, just um, couldn't cop it again. It was over sixty days since he'd ridden a winner. Yeah, it was in the numbers. Anyway, move on. Feels every bit of mistakes days as well. <laughs> um, race nine was the St. Ledger over 2,600. Big shout out to Shane Baker from punting form who declared fun fact last start in Brisbane and watched <laughs> to his horror as the horses plugged along and faded. And here it is just doing pretty much the exact same thing on a fast tempo, three and a half lengths faster to class and holding off Brim and Rocks, who for all money looked like he was going to loom and win, but he just stopped over the last 200. Rob, explain to me yeah. about Brim and Rocks. Ah, uh, he just runs second, doesn't he? Yeah. Especially when I'm on him. Um, yeah, I think it got to about dollar seventy uh, in run, dollar thirty. But was, you know, people did, didn't seem to trust trust it out there on Betfairland. Yeah. Uh, you could, I couldn't get off, but um, I kept tapping away. I thought he had the uh, in the running line spot. Um, fun fact should have covered. You know, it was a horse we were on earlier in the prep. Um, you know, the, the horses on the inside I thought were disadvantaged, so I was just just a bit sick. It didn't go past and win for some money. Mark Sheen, uh, which of these is going to win Melbourne? Um, look, I think She's Ideal was probably the best run in the race. Um, 
I thought they did pull up a little bit just down the side there, and they jammed up from about the 900. I know that early speed was on there, but I, mm. I think in that 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 portion of the race they they concertinaed a little bit, and I think that um, certainly played against she's ideal. She had nothing to drag her into the race. Um, Pars of Glory uh, swallowed half of the Ramwick soil, apparently, so uh, he had an excuse, but at the time I was looking for a stretcher to lie down. Um, <laughs> just another one of these head scratches, really. Fair to come. Men should be uh, committed for betting in these races. Really. Yeah. <laughs> what about Josh, Josh Parr getting away with another winner on a, Look, on he's a good day? He's uh, on leaders, isn't he? Yeah, very much so. Yep. Uh, Mark Roden, you got any clarity for us out of this race? Um, I'll say if you were on Brim and Rocks, you've been stiff because he appears to have gone to his... Oh, God. Um, Not when he got done um, in the Metrop? <laughs> the Metrop run. He, he's run into Fun Fact, and he's done this once or twice before. He did it last summer, over 2,000 metres at Randwick. He just gets into a rhythm, and he did... It was a bit stop-start on Saturday, but he, he was rolling well before the turn in a nice rhythm again on Saturday. And that day back in, I think it was January, he won by a space. And he's just gone to that level again. He's just got got really comfortable, got a nice lead, and just been able to hold off Grimmon Rocks. You know, if fun fact has an off day, like he did in Brisbane last week, you, you win, win, win well. So, um, yeah, take the point about she's ideal. Um, she's probably got more upside than most of these, I'd say. And, yes, Paths of Glory, Spy the Clod. But other than that, just another... Another ordinary $500,000 race on the day. Exactly right. All right, uh, we'll sum it up with a few horses to follow. Mark Sheen, I'll start with yourself. Um, race four, Eliza Bill. Um, it should have won by about three. Um, I don't know what it was doing back there. Um, it's mm. led an 1,100 at last start, um, outside the lead in a 1,200 the previous start, and there it was back in the field and climbing over their back seat should have won. And I think testimonial out of the first, um, an outstanding type and uh, had a lot of improvement. Missed the start there, just ducked its head when the starter let them go and was out of play after that. It's done a good job to finish midfield, so it's certainly one to follow. Rob, one out of the yard that you think might improve next start? I think it has to be a deal. We're on it. Um, so, yeah, I think can certainly improve in condition. Going sure. well. And Mark Roden, one to follow for yourself. Um, Purple Sector, um, he's absolutely flying this prep. You could argue that he had a perfect run on Saturday, but any horse that can jump out, put himself in a position like that and travel like that is going to get the perfect run a hell of a lot of the time. And I think they can go to Melbourne and um, pick something up with him. All right, sounds good. It's a, Well, I wouldn't say it's a big week ahead. There's Kensington, there's the, the time-honoured Bondi, as we're calling it, the beach race. Uh, Mark Shane, what are you thinking uh, going forward towards Saturday? It sort of looks a little bit of a letdown after the weekend. Yeah, it was, wasn't a great meeting last year. I think Kubrick came back after running second last in the Guineas and winning the million-dollar Bondi. So um, we'll <laughs> see what we end up with uh, this week. Um, but anyway, they're on again and there's winners there to be found. Exactly right. Mark Roden, you've got the grand final versus the Bondi. How much time are you going to be devoting to Randwick over what happens up there at the Gabba? Oh, well, there's nothing I can do about what happens at the Gabba, so I think I'll spend more time on, on Randwick. I think it's uh, very very rude of you to say that it's um, underwhelming. You know, it could be Jet Propulsion versus Peltzer. This could be one of the races of the spring. And you're <laughs> called underwhelming. That's very harsh of you, I think. Oh. <laughs> 
All right, Rob, you get the best of it. You get to go out there and enjoy it, and you'll have the grand yes. final somewhere on some big screen somewhere just yeah. floating As along. Usual. Yeah. Yeah, it won't be Epsom Day, which is, you know, weird. I watch like hundreds, hundreds of games of footy a year, and then, you know, Epsom Day rolls around and it's grand final day, and I'm looking at horses. So I haven't watched the grand final in years. Um, yeah, can't wait for it. Peltzer. Well, that was easy. Uh, until then, uh, look, uh, we'll preview the, the Bondi on Thursday and we'll try and make it more interesting than what I'm putting in. <laughs> yeah, making it seem. But, uh, oh, what about Melbourne? That. What about Melbourne? Like uh, backing Sydney horses in Melbourne. Shouldn't we be, be talking yeah. about that a bit more? Yeah, I think that's very fair because they just seem to keep turning up and, and winning quite handsomely. And I mean, it just seems to happen every year though, doesn't it? Yep. It does. And when Betfair are offering zero commission on... All those races down there, I, I think, you know, Sydney punters might be wise to look at Melbourne. Is there any chance of Betfair ever offering zero commission on New South Wales racing? Zero percent chance. Could there possibly be, you know, a, a bit of concern at, at Druitt Street Monday morning? Or, or is it just business and, as usual? We'll plow on, we'll, we'll tax the punters. They don't care about the punters, just going to tax them so they can so they can have million-dollar races and uh, do a bit of dick-wagging. I know. Oh, there it is. Well, we, we had these brilliant $500,000 races, on, oh, obviously being sarcastic, but I don't think they, they continue. You know, if, if Melbourne pools continue to, you know, grow and grow and grow, then PBL's system becomes into question. He's not, he's not looking after the long-term interests of the game. Well, they've got to do something to try and grow the wagering because uh, certainly the way it's going. I mean, look, there was 1.8 million or just under 1.8 million matched on the Everest, but you can imagine what that could have been if there was zero commission on that race. That, that was matched on race two at Caulfield. Yeah. So. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, grow the game. Exactly. Thank you all for joining me. I'll speak to uh, Mark Sheen and Mark Rodan on Thursday. We'll preview the Bondi and uh, maybe the AFL Grand Final. Hey, boys. <laughs> See ya.